Thank you for joining us on Sunday mornings at Frisco Church. And now, here's Pastor Matt. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to jump right in the Word today. How many is ready to receive something good from the Word of God today? Amen. I hope that we come ready to receive something good from the Word every Sunday. Uh, if you're attending a church that doesn't give you the Word of God, then you probably ought to find a different church, right? Uh, we want to come and hear the Word of God, receive the Word of God, be in the presence of God, grow in His presence, be filled with His Spirit, and stepping out in faith, amen, and fulfilling what God would have us fulfill. Today, we're going to be talking about pick your side. Pick your side. Uh, which, which side are you, are you choosing? Somewhere in life, we all have to pick a side. Uh, I was thinking a little bit about this. Uh, how many of you have ever walked into a wedding? I don't know if they still do this or not. But how many of you have ever walked into a wedding, and you walk in, and there's a person standing there, and especially if you're a little older, you'll, you'll remember these days, and there's a person standing there, and they go, bride or groom? And you're going, I, I know both of them, you know, and and this, you automatically start sweating, going, what if I picked the wrong side? Like, I don't know if I, if I sit over here, does someone get offended? If I sit over there, does someone get offended? And you have to pick a side. You have to pick which side you're sitting on, or at least you used to. And have you ever been following a car and, or a truck, and they're driving, like, in the middle, and they're, or they're straddling that yellow line, and you're, in the, you're behind them following them, and you're saying something like this out loud in your own car, Choose a lane. Pick a lane, right? Or, or maybe, and, and this might get real personal for some of us, maybe you've been climbing a fence and you were straddling, straddling the fence and you kind of got stuck. Somewhere you have to pick a side, right? Somewhere you have to choose a direction. Somewhere you have to pick a, a side. Uh, I, life is filled, all of our lives are filled with moments where we have to choose, A or B, one or two. There's, it's filled with those moments, straddling these, these times are so uncomfortable, and it's dangerous when, you, when you com, you're constantly just straddling. I don't want to go left, I don't want to go right, I'm just going to straddle, and it's a dangerous place to be. If you've ever been climbing a fence and, and you got like in the middle and you're straddling, somewhere in your gut you're going, I have got to get out of this position. One way or the other, I've got to get out of this position because it's a dangerous place to be, that, that moment of straddling. And we've got to pick a side. I immediately think of Joshua when I, when I was thinking about this subject and the Lord started showing me a couple of things. I immediately began thinking of Joshua when he was telling everyone within earshot of him, choose you this day who you're going to serve. Pick a side. That's what he was saying. Pick your side. Which direction are you going? Are you going to, are you going to go with the God that has delivered us or are you going to go back to where you were and your ancestors were? Pick a side. It's your choice. And uh, who are you going to serve? And then he, of course, finished that, but that's for me in my house. I choose to serve the Lord. I pick the side of God. Sometimes in life, we all have to pick a side. And today I just want to talk a little bit. We're going to have a little twist on it. But picking our side. 
I, and we're going to come back to this. Now, now just kind of keep that in the back of your mind for a moment. It's going to feel like we're changing directions, but we're going to come right back to picking a side. In Proverbs chapter 18, in Proverbs chapter 18, and the book of Proverbs is a, a unique book. If you've never read it, you need to take time to read it, but you have to take time to read it, to digest everything that's being said. Solomon writes this, this letter, this book, and, and uh, Solomon, the wisest man on earth, God blessed him with wisdom beyond measure, and, and he's writing, but what I like about Solomon, uh, Solomon had some great thoughts, but uh, he might have had a little bit of attention deficit or something because his thoughts were all in these small spurts. I mean, they were like, it, it, there was some great wisdom in the book of Proverbs. I mean, it's filled with great wisdom and life-changing insight. It really is. But it's also filled with just some good one-liners. And, and he kind of wrote that way. And, and, you know, verse 16 says, A person's gift opens up doors for him and brings him before the great. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, verse 18 uh, says, Casting the lot ends quarrels and separates powerful opponents and offended brother." Is harder to reach than a fortified city. Corals, uh, and and uh, corals are like the bars of a fortress. And then it says, from the fruit of, a, and this is verse 20, from the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. And verse 21 says something that just stands out to me. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those, those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's crazy to think about what Solomon was saying here. It really is. It, and he was right. Our words make an enormous difference. Makes an enormous difference. What you say makes an enormous difference. It, it, it can change someone's life. In fact, it can, it, it can change and affect your life. It can change and affect your family's life. What comes out of your mouth? And I have to be the first to, to say, I have to be careful with this. We were talking, we've been going through, and, and I've heard some great things recently. We've been going through a, a series in a small group on Sunday mornings just about the gifts that you have give, that's been given to you. And, and our gifts and using our gifts. It's been really good so far. It's getting ready to get really, really good. And, and, one of, and I've heard some great things. By the way, if you're just looking for a good Bible study, I have heard some fantastic things uh, about uh, Tom's Bible study class uh, recently. They saying they need more room and their class is filled up and they need more space. And Isn't that awesome? And if you'd just like to get in on a good Bible study, you need to jump in on that at 9.30 in the morning. But we've been going through this, this series on our gifts in another group, and it's been so good. And today we were talking about people who are gifted with compassion and how compassionate people are. They choose their words wisely. And then I realized as I'm talking about it that compassion was my bottom gift. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's why I don't choose my words so wisely sometimes. I, I, and, I, and I get it, right? Our mouth, it speaks, but it speaks life or death. And sometimes we just talk and we don't even know what we're saying. 
we're just running our mouth, in other words. And, and, and this, this one thing, this one little thing in our mouth called the tongue, it has the ability, according to this proverb, it has the ability to bring life and it has the ability to bring death. What we say and to whom we say it has the ability to change everything. Change everything regarding yourself, regarding your family, regarding your finances, regarding your job, regarding uh, you know, your outlook. Some of you need to change your words. Some of you need to change your words because what you're saying is bringing death to your home, to your life, to your, to your outlook, to your finances. I've got to be honest with you, and, I, and this seems, gets personal real fast, but some of you make just as much money as I make, but you're broke all the time. You need to stop saying that. You need to stop saying it. Some of you are just as healthy as I am, but you're sick all the time. You need to stop saying it. Start speaking life. Start speaking truth. Start speaking the word of God. But th that's what Solomon was talking about. Death and life are in your tongue. You have the ability to, to, do, uh, to speak both. Speaking is typically just verbalizing what's already been birthed in you. It's already been birthed in your heart. The Bible says it that it comes from our heart. It's already been birthed. It's just verbalizing what's already been born inside of you. Sometimes we need to change our, our hearts so our tongues can change. And when our tongues begin to change, life begins to take place in our homes and in our situations from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. I'm not talking about that today, really, but it's still good preaching. We've got to be careful what we're saying. James chapter 3, if you have your Bible, turn there with me this morning. James chapter 3, James chapter 3, verse 8. Now, I just read something from Solomon. Now, Solomon was the wisest man on the face of the earth. Now, I'm going to read something from, from James. James was the man who all through his childhood, get this, every day of his childhood, he was being compared to Jesus because it was Jesus' brother. And I guarantee Mary and Joseph both at times had to go, seriously, James, act like your brother. You know, look at him, he's fine. And James is, comes out of this, right? And he, he understands some things that you and I probably can't even begin to relate to. And, and then he, look at what he says in chapter 3, verse 8. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. Brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. What we see here is, and what I want to point to this morning, is what James is saying. James is like the tongue is wild, it is, it is impossible to completely tame. In fact, earlier he says it's like a bridle in a horse's mouth. It's a small thing, but it is powerful. Then he says it's like a rudder on a ship, this small little thing, but it's overwhelmingly powerful, this thing called your tongue. And then he says something that sounds just like Solomon. He said, blessing and cursing 
come from the same thing. Solomon used the words life and death. Come from the same thing. Your tongue. Your tongue. That one little thing, one object, two opposite results. One object, two opposite results. Life, death, blessing, cursing. The one object that we all have has the ability to produce two completely different results. And it's unbelievable how God has given to each of us this thing called self-will that actually makes the difference in what your tongue produces. Because let me explain it this way. Life or death, blessing and cursing, what's the difference? The side you choose. That's the difference. The side you choose. Which way do you pick? Do you pick life or death? Do you pick blessing or cursing? That's completely up to you. The one you choose, and God has given us this gift called self-will, and he's like, pick a side. I'm giving you the tongue. You pick the side. Life or death, you pick the side. Blessing, cursing. Do I want to bless the Lord? Do I want to curse man? It's your decision to make. It's one object that can do two different things. And that's all decided by which side you pick, which side you choose. God has used one object, one moment, one word, one season, one conversation, one person to create opposite products and opposite reactions all through the Word of God. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. We're going we're to bring it all together in just a moment. How many of you can, can relate to this one object, one time, one season with two different products or two different reactions? How many can relate to this? You have a sibling that's the exact opposite of you. Let me see your hand real quick. How can that be? Same parents, same home, same childhood, same correction, same, you know, same house, same everything, and somehow you're two totally different objects. One one person, one season, one time, two different objects, two different results. One thing, two different results. Let me give you a couple examples in the Bible that I was thinking about. And you can, might, might be able to relate to this. Maybe, maybe if you're a teacher or a coach, you can relate to some of this. If you've ever been a coach, you can understand. You know, we, we used to, I used to play some sports growing up, and the coach would come in, and he might look at me and go, you need to hustle. You need to get back out there and, and run and, and blah, blah, blah. Stop being a wimp and stop being a sissy and get in there and fight. And I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. And he'd go over to another guy, and he'd be going, you need to get back in there, and you need to stop being a sissy and fight. And he'd start crying. Same words, same coach, two different results. Let's think about it for just a moment. Egypt, the Israelites are in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. God sends the same plague, right? This one plague brings two different results, drastic. One brings life and one brings death, the same plague. The plagues are given, then the death angel plague, the number 10 plague, and the Egyptians are dying because of the plague. And at the same time, that very same plague is bringing deliverance to the Israelites. Then they go down the road a little ways, and they're faced with this sea. And the Israelites, the same sea that saved them, 
is the same waters and the same sea that killed the Egyptians' armies. That one sea brought life and it brought death. That one plague, it brought life and it brought death. Noah builds an ark. He's never seen rain before in his life. He doesn't even know what it looks like. All he knows is God says, build a big boat. I'm going to make everyone pay. He begins to build a boat, he and his family. And when they got it complete, the Bible says they all went in. God brings animals, puts them on the boat. The door shuts, and the rain begins to fall. And the rain falls from the heavens, and the earth busts open, and the springs and wells of the earth begin to flood the earth's land. And all of a sudden, the same water that was killing everyone on the earth was the same water causing the boat to float and keeping Noah and his family alive. The same thing brought life and it brought death. The same giant that brought the, the, the armies of Israel to their knees in fear. The same giant that caused the armies of Israel and the mighty men of Israel to literally shake in their boots in fear, catapulted this little boy named David onto the scene and into the palace, changed his life. It brought life to David. One situation, one moment, one time, one person, one word can bring life and death. What's the difference? Well, which side you're on. If he's on the Egyptian side or the Israel side, Israelite side. If, if, if you were on Noah's side or, or if you was mocking Noah. If, if, you were, if you were the one crossing the sea with Moses or if you was the one chasing with Pharaoh. If, if you're the one standing in line with all the other militant men of Israel being afraid of Goliath or if you was a David willing to step out in faith and go face your Goliath. It all depends on which side you picked. One subject, one time, one op opportunity. And you have to pick a side. Which side are you choosing today? Which side are you choosing today? I quote this scripture quite often in praying especially, but in Psalms chapter 118, says this, choose you this day whom you're going, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, it says in Psalms 118, that's, uh, well, what's the, what's the scripture I'm looking at? I lost it all of a sudden. Um, this is the day. That's what it says. Psalms 118, verse 20. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The day, if you're here today, we all could have woke up and went, wow, this is the day the Lord has made. Yeah, we can all say that. This is the day that the Lord has made. That's fine. We get it. This is the day. This is the one opportunity. Now it's your choice. Now he could say, I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Because it's just as easy to say, I choose to be grumpy and difficult. I choose to be angry and I choose to be bitter. I choose jealousy. I choose anger. It's just as easy to get up in the morning. We go, oh, we've got a new day. Now it's your choice. I choose to rejoice. I cho choose to be glad. I, I choose to speak words of life. I choose, uh, I choose this other side. It's a choice and we all get to make it because God has given us this gift of self-will. We all get to choose which side we want to be on. It's like walking into a wedding and God standing there at the back door going, which side do you want to sit on? It's your choice. 
pick a side. Pick a side. It's your choice today. It's your choice to make. God has used objects and moments and seasons and conversations and people one time, and then everyone had this opportunity to decide which way they were going. I was just reading in John chapter 21, earlier this morning, in fact, when John was, um, uh, it was after Jesus had resurrected, and uh, in John chapter 21, Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter says, you know, some things that Jesus, and Jesus goes, hey, Peter, looking right at him, he says, do you love me? Peter goes, yeah, I love you. Feed my sheep. A little bit later, Jesus says the same thing. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. And he goes on. He does it a third time. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Take care of my sheep. Then he looks at Peter and he says, Peter, I want to tell you something. And really not very many people was around at this point. And he said, I want to talk to you a second, Peter. When you were younger, you got to choose where you wanted to go. You tied up your own belt. And you chose where you wanted to go and do what you wanted to do. And I'm going to tell you, when you get older, and it says right in the very next verse, it says why he's telling me. He says, it, it says Jesus was telling Peter how he was going to die, what was going to happen in his life. He says, Peter, as you get older, you're no longer going to be that way. They're going to tie your hands up, and they're going to lead you where you don't want to go. Are you okay with that? It's all pretty good when he's going, oh, Peter, feed my sheep. Yeah, I'll feed your sheep. I'll feed your sheep. Then he says, well, wait, wait a minute. I want you to know what's, what that means, what's entailed in all of that. They're going to tie you up, and they're going to bind you, and they're going to take you where you don't want to go. Are you willing to do that? Yeah, I'm willing. And then Jesus makes a statement, the very same statement at the end that he said at the very beginning with Peter. Follow me. That's what he said at the very beginning when he called Peter. Follow me. Peter began following. At the very end of the story, he's telling him now how he's going to die. Initially, he was telling him how he was going to get started. You're going to be fishers of men. You're going to do this. Follow me. Yeah, I'll follow you. Now he's at the end of it going, are you willing to die for me? Yeah. Then he says, follow me. And you know right then there was a decision that had to be made? Pick a side. Pick a side. I think so often in Christianity, we want to straddle the fence. And I'm going to tell you, it's the most dangerous place. If you've ever been crossing a barbed wire fence and you've had your left heel on a, on a strand and your right heel on the same strand and you're going, God, just don't break. You know, I mean, that's all you're begging right then and there. At some point, you've got to go, i got to go left or right, but I can't stay here. When it comes to following God, there, there's always moments in life where you've got to pick a side. You've got to choose, yeah, I'm in or I'm out. I'm going or I'm staying. I'm stepping out or I'm staying safe. I, I'm willing to follow you or I'm, I'm going to stay right here. I was all about being a fisher of men, but I didn't know they were going to wrap my hands up and lead me where I didn't want to go. I don't think I'm interested in that. Pick your side. Choose your side. You've got to choose a side. And Peter here, he's making a decision. Yeah, I'm going to follow you. I will do that. I'll do that. Interestingly enough, the very next thing Peter says, well, what, what about John? What about John? I have to die. What about him? 
He should have to have the same thing I have going on. You know what Jesus said to him about John? None of your business. You don't have to worry about John. I'll worry about John. You need to worry about you. You worry about you. You worry about you. You make your decision. I can't make choices. I can't make choices for everyone else. I can't come over here and go, well, Braden McKenzie, I'll tell you what you need to do, and here's the decision you're going to make. I can't do that. I can only make decisions for myself. I wish I could, but I'd have all your lives messed up. You'd be as messed up as I am if I could make decisions for you. I can't make decisions for you. You can only make decisions for yourself. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Pick a side. Life or death. Blessing, cursing. It's amazing how many times one moment has the ability to create both and produce either one of those options. Either one of those results of life or death, blessing or curse. It's amazing how many times we have that one moment, that one season, that one event. How many times have we faced, been faced with these decisions, one object, one person, one event. And it has the ability to make you or break you, depending on your decision, depending on your choice. James chapter 1, since you're there this morning, let me show you something real quick. James chapter 1, verse 4. Oh, it's a good verse. I like it. James chapter 1, verse 4. I like it when I hear pages turning in Bibles out there. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature. Everyone say mature. And complete. Say complete. And lacking nothing. I like it. There, as In your walk with God, as you begin to grow and mature in the Lord, we can become mature. We can be complete. We can get to the point where we're lacking nothing. Well, these are talking about things of God, not on earth. I, we all can look around and go, well, I wish I had. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being mature in our walk with God, complete in our walk with God, lacking nothing in our faith in our walk with God. Doesn't that sound awesome? That would be a place to be, and that's what we're striving for. And I read that, and I go, man, that is so good. That is so good. I want to be there. God put me there. That's where I want to be. I want to be complete in you and mature in you and lacking nothing in you. That's what I want. But we cannot overlook the verses that lead to it. Because here's the question. What gets me there, God? I want that, God. What gets me there? Well, let's back up a couple verses. Verse 2. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience various trials. Oh. Oh, I thought we would just come in here and sing songs and worship and praise and, and I'd go out of here and I'd just be completely changed and I'd be complete and, and lacking nothing. No, 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 wait a minute. Let's see what the Bible says. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience various trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And then he says, and let endurance have its full effect. So that you may be mature, complete, lacking nothing in God. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. How we get to that point is through various trials. And when our faith is tested, 
and those difficult times and those seasons and those moments in our lives, those words that we hear someone say, and you have the opportunity. Am I going to get angry and mad or am I going to figure out a way to have the joy of the Lord in my life? Those memories that we have when we were younger and I go, oh, am I going to let that destroy me today or am I going to choose today whom I'm going to serve? When we run into things in life, we run into people in life, we, we go to work and it's hard. Are we, going to, are we going to be those people that go, oh, God, why am I here again? This is so frustrating. I can't stand my life and I can't stand my job and I can't stand my family and I can't stand anyone. Or are we going to be going, God, this is the day that you've made. I choose. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Well, that doesn't mean I like what's going on. It doesn't mean that I like everything that I see. It doesn't mean that I like the events that I'm part of. It doesn't mean that I like the difficulties. Nowhere does James go, yeah, these various trials, you're going to really enjoy them. I mean, they're going to be nice and comfortable. You're going to enjoy yourself. No, 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 it's, not, it's, it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard and it's going to be frustrating. But then he says, but if you go through those things, you'll be mature and complete and you'll be lacking nothing. Isn't it funny how the same thing that breaks you, makes you? Isn't it funny how the very same thing that God sends to your life has the ability to break you or make you? The difference is, which side do we pick? Which side do we choose? Well, we think, we think every time that we're being attacked, it's nothing but the devil, and we're rebuking the devil, and sometimes God's going, I've... I'm making you into something. You just don't know it. Gold's got to be refined, and it's refined by the fire. You're going, I want to be, I don't know what good carrot gold is. That's where I am in life. But whatever, the, I want to be fine gold. Well, you don't get to be fine gold without some fine fires along the way. The strongest people you know in life are those who came through the, the adversity those who have battled through it and they've come through the difficult times and now they find themselves going, I'm a, I am finally mature, I'm finally complete, I'm finally lacking nothing. It didn't happen because, because they decided one day I'm going to be a good person and I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get happy. I'm going to tell you, you can be happy in church and you can be mad before you get out of the parking lot. We've all been there, Right? I've been happy in church and praising the Lord and rejoicing. I didn't even get back to my office before I was mad. You might go, well, preacher, I expect more. Well, you ought to expect more. I'm just going to let you down. I'm telling you that on occasion. <laughs> I, I get up here and I'm going, we've got to make decisions and choices. And after church, I'm out here going, I don't know where we're going to eat. And I'm frustrated no one else knows either. Right? We get there. It's amazing how many times one thing, a tongue, can give life or death? One thing, a sea, can bring life or death. One thing, a giant, can make people look ridiculous or it can catapult someone to stardom. It's amazing how many times God allows one event, one time, one day, one moment, one person, one word, one conversation to happen in our lives, and it has the ability to make us or break us. And the difference is, which side do you pick? Do you allow it to break you, or do you allow it to make you? 
Do you allow it to, to bring life or do you allow it to bring death? It's your decision. It's my decision. Which side are you choosing today? Which side are you choosing? The very things that can break you, they make you. If you allow it, if you choose to keep going and refuse to quit, it'll make you. It'll make you into something. If you choose to lean on God's strength and understanding and not your own, it'll make you. It'll, it'll, it'll make you into something you didn't even know you were. It's been in you, but you didn't even know it existed. You didn't even know it existed. It, it, we're, like a, we're like a box of Legos, right? We're like this box of Legos, and we're all these pieces, and we don't even know that, you know, you see the picture in the box, and you go, wow, that's amazing. Then you open up the box, you're going, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And you had no idea that you could be that castle of Legos because we're just these pieces until we go through some things and God starts putting us together and completing us, completing us, maturing us, getting us to where we're lacking nothing through trials, through putting us together and all of a sudden he molds us into this thing. We don't like the process, but when we get to the final product, we go, that's better. That's better. Some of us quit during the process. Some of us give up during the process. The same process that was sent to make you into something, some of us, we just allow it to break us. We allow it to ruin us. It ruins our day. It ruins our week. Some of you have had decades of ruin because you've allowed whatever it was to ruin you. Yeah, but my parents, yeah, I know your parents, sometimes parents are jerks. I can't help you on that. But we can't allow that to keep breaking us. We can't allow that to keep, how about this? How about you just go be a better person now? And go, I'm not going to be like that. Yeah, but, but my job, oh, preacher, you just don't understand. I don't, I don't work where you work. Are you just going to let it break you every day? Then you carry all that to home and, and you're wondering why the family and the kids are so frustrated? Listen, somewhere we've got to make a decision, a choice. I'm not going to allow this to break me any longer. I'm going to allow this thing to start making me into something better. I'm going to start allowing it to refine me and mature me. I'm going to allow it to complete, uh, complete me. These, these same things, they have the ability to do one of two things. How we react, what we choose, that's the difference. I thought about God sending his son Jesus. Talking about a tough day. Sending his son knowing he was going to die for people and a large majority of people don't even care. That's a tough one. And God sends his son and he dies on the cross, that one event, talking about bringing death and life, brings two things. That one event, that one time, that one moment, brings two things into your life, life and death. It really is amazing, isn't it? It really is amazing. And we think about those being totally opposites, life and death, and I would think the opposite of life would be death. But God puts a twist on, on it a little bit because death to God is no more than the doorway to life. Let me explain that for a moment. 
you live your life on this earth and and one day the Bible says we're appointed, we're all going to have a day where we die, barring Jesus coming back beforehand. We go, that's the opposite of life. God says, no, it's not the opposite of life, it's the doorway to life. It's actually the avenue that God has created for you to get to what is real life, the eternal life. And it all happens because of one event. One event. One day, Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, and now, now we get to choose which side are we on. It's your choice. It's amazing. If I were God and I made human beings, you would have all been robots. I would have made you love me. I would have made you like me. I would have made you worship me. You would have all just been robots and I'd have been the God up in the heavenlies, you know, sitting at my throne going, come and worship me, robotic humans. You know, whatever. We will worship you. You know, whatever. Uh, come and worship. I would have made you worship me. But, but God said, no, I don't, I don't want people to be made to worship. I want them to choose to worship. I don't want them to be made to love. Is it really love if you're made to do it? Like I never, I never grabbed our kids and went, I'm going to tell you kids, you get in there and you love those people. You're, you better love them or else. I can't, I can't make you love someone. Love's got to come from your own heart. God's like, I don't want to make them do that. I want them to choose that. It's a decision. You've got to pick a side. There's no such thing really as straddling. When it comes to God, kind of like this slide up here, you've got a black and you've got a white. There's no such thing as kind of a Christian. Now, you can be kind of a churchgoer, a lot of those people. You can be kind of a good person. Yeah, there's a lot of those people. You can be, yeah, I kind of believe in God. Yeah, there's a lot of those people. You can't be kind of born again. You're either born again or you're dead. That's the decision. Life or death. One event.